When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got two. Uh, yeah. You only got well, two I, emails. Oh, well, I mean, I would have. I mean, I was going to talk to Kiva about this on 32 fans, but then I was talking to him before we started recording and I realized like partly because it's one day untif there, but also. Yeah, that's like, a huge difference. He also never leaves his house. So and he doesn't really have like little kids as much as we do. So I think it's different. Yeah. So Monday night was first night of if we had a barbecue. Then I had a party afterwards after dinner at someone's house. Then Tuesday, you have a lunch. Then Tuesday night, you have a dinner. Then Wednesday, you have a lunch. Then you're off for a day and a half. Then last night we had a lunch or a dinner. And then today we had a lunch. And then we had like a shala shittest thing at a friend's. And then like Monday night is like another dinner. And then in kiddishes and parties. And it's not, this isn't a humble brag. It's not like that I'm so popular. It's like, this is just like this endless holidays. It's like, what are we going to do? We're just going to eat and drink. And, you know, basically, and it's just endless yeah. over and over. And I'm a come with guy. I like socializing, but like at a certain point, it's like, yeah. I mean, at the same time, if I get to just like, hang out and not have to go to work and like meaning like obviously this couldn't work in in perpetuity because like you need to get money eventually oh Oh, no this is much better than oh no that's true um although the stressful part is with all these holidays in the middle of the week like rush on up fine people are heard of that one yom kippur (laughs) fine by the time you get to sukkot and shminyat they're like you're just making this shit up and it's they're all in the middle of the week this year it makes it very hard to like you know, like it's just I, I get stressed when I think of like I open up my email after my work email after Yantif and I have like 8000 emails and it's just like, oh, my God, I'm up all night again. But um, yeah, should we do the podcast? Yeah, I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And 20 years ago, I blew three members of Larry David and the Hipsters. And I'm Avsinensky, and I would think that I would find the Black Dwarfs just as cuddly as the White Dwarfs. <laughs> Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today, as we were uh, last week, as we will be the next couple of weeks, to discuss the interregnum, uh, the long period of time of five years that Larry David and company took between uh, seasons eight and nine of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And this week, we are going to discuss one of the main projects that Larry and a number of other Curb people as well worked on during that break, which is Clear History, the HBO movie, which originally aired on August 10th, 2013. Uh, Now, Av, I watched Clear History like as soon as it came out because, you know, it was Larry and it was Curb and I was starved for that. But you said you've never watched until this week, right? I had never watched it this week. Hmm. Um, I certainly like would in theory have watched it. I think I remember just people saying that it wasn't that good. So I guess like never got around to it. Um, I guess we can save uh, save my uh, take on whether or not I should have uh, continued the wait uh, <laughs> or was 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 it was it worth the wait? Well, I guess yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. 
Now, there's not that much on the Internet about clear history, which is a little bit surprising. Well, one of the things that's very frustrating is that if you try to search for things about clear history, you're going to get a lot of things about how to delete your Internet history. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, which also which also came in handy for what it's worth. Oh, okay, Yeah, you can say take clear history, Larry David. I'm sure uh, it's pretty safe. I I will say I did really enjoy um, the credits, like uh, specifically the end credits that like employed all sorts of like usage of like computer screen imagery to show like the you know the people that worked on the movie at the very end, I thought that was very well done. Oh, I didn't I didn't watch the credits, so maybe I'll go after this podcast and go watch. Them. Yeah, you should Incredible. check that out. It's, it's very cool. Like it does everything kind of like through like as if someone's sending an email or like doing something with a file. I don't remember exactly, but it's it's like okay. so. It, if it, you it, watch it, Clear History again, or for folks who haven't seen it yet, or uh, for folks who already saw it, go back to HBO Max, or HBO <laughs> Go, HBO Max. It's called now. Yeah, and watch the credits. Clear History offices. Yeah. Now, he, here, here's what my question is, my overarching question. So Larry, I guess his feeling is he's sort of run out of ideas for Curb or he wants to take a break. But like this is a Curb episode. Like, yes, it, it, yes. And, I mean, it was literally it was improvised from 35 pages of script. Is that so? Okay. Yeah. And, and that was one of the, the, the nuggets I was able to find on the Internet, which I think you can tell. Like, it just it feels like a Curb episode. Half of the cast is Curb people. Why didn't Larry just sort of translate these ideas? And now maybe the answer is, OK, he had one or two ideas. He didn't have a season's worth of ideas. But I feel like a couple of these ideas could have been pretty easily converted into a, into the world of Curb enthusiasm. Yeah, I mean, what I would say is that every single second that Larry David is on screen not wearing a beard, he is completely inseparable from Larry David, the character from Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's no point that for a single second I bought that a person named Nathan Flom exists (laughs) or a person named whatever his name is. Raleigh. Raleigh exists. Like, it's Larry David. That's who it is. Larry cannot help but be Larry, I think, is the overarching message of this movie and of other things we may discuss next week or other weeks. Um, And, like, from the first scene... Of the movie that you see him, even with the beer, he's it's Larry being Larry, basically his shtick, the way he talks. Yeah, I mean, the 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 opening scene of the movie, which we'll get to, um, is just like it's like literally a curb scene. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I guess right, well, we can jump into it. Unless I think right you, you, you wanted to complain about Yumtum a little bit, I think. I already did that. Maybe I'll, oh, I'll edit that. that and stick it in if people really care. Fair. Okay, too many yeah, Jewish we'll, holidays. Yeah. Too many Jew. Get a life, Jews. Get a life. Yeah, we've gotten a life. We have, we've been very busy lives. We have too many lives right now. Yeah, let's get some fewer lives. Yeah, my, what my, my annual take on Sukkot, which is the holiday we're currently in the middle of, is that it, is, it could be the best holiday if not for where it falls on the calendar, which is immediately after the two worst holidays, arguably, or cer- certainly the worst holiday and another not great holiday, as okay. the, relatively speaking. Um, and it's just like this grueling... Like, you know, multi-week process where it's like, for me, like it ruins what should be a really nice holiday. Mm. I mean, it's, it's still like, my favorite it, holiday. But yes, okay, if, so if then, it wasn't immediately after Russian and Kipper, it'd be even better. Yeah, because you're just like sick of all of it by the time. Yeah. You get to this. So but what like, season? Well, are, do you want to move Russian and Kipper? Do you want to move Sukkot? What's, what's yeah, your no, theory here? Well, we're just I mean, we're eliminating Russian and Kipper. That's, oh, just eliminate altogether. <laughs> that's right. It's gone. Okay. They're gone. <laughs> Who's not who's not joining my religion? That's exactly the same. There's just no Russian shot and Joe Kipper. Yeah, it's funny. So I was reading this book about Shabtai Tzvi, who was a, uh, a famous false messiah sure. in the yeah. 17th century um, and sort of, you know, uh, misled a majority of the world's Jews into thinking he was the messiah. And uh, spoiler alert, he wasn't. But um, at his like first official announcement that he was the messiah, um, it was in the summer and like uh, the 17th of Tom was a fast day was coming up like the next week. And so he said, as my first official declaration as the messiah, uh, we are not going to be fasting on the 17th of Thomas. We are going to be having a feast instead. 
And I'm like, well, yeah, now that I start. Much, yeah. yeah, that sounds much better. And then three weeks later on Tisha B'Av, uh, the saddest day of the calendar of the Jewish year, yet again, he's like, you know what? Uh, new plan. Now we celebrate on this day. So, yeah, of course, people thought it was the Messiah because he replaced all the fast days with parties. So, yeah, you know, he's a smart guy. I think he also yeah. he did all the holidays at the same time, like Passover. Yeah, he had a week. Yes, he did a week straight of which which babe, for you would be even worse than what we already right. did. Wait, yeah, so he did, like, he did so like he, seven straight so he days, sat, seven so he different holidays. The, and he sat in the sukkah and ate matzah, or he did them different days? No, he did. No, no, no. It was seven consecutive days, a one day of each of the holidays. Uh-huh. So he okay. did Pesach, Shavuot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, uh, Simchat Torah, etc. He And he did all this, all the observances of each of those days for one day. It was just to, it was just basically get the whole year over in a week. Yeah, but like, let's say you do Pesach as like the fourth day. Yeah. So like you're not allowed to have any chumates in your house on Pesach. Yeah. But like if the fifth day is Sukkot, Shavuot, whatever. Yeah. Like you, you still have to keep Pesach because you have no way of getting chumates food. Well, I feel you can because everyone else in the rest of the world is not doing Pesach. But <laughs> no, but meaning like it's it's a holiday. Like you can't even like go to the store to buy food. Yeah, but he has he had a bunch of followers. I'm sure they brought him the necessary things. They weren't keeping the holidays. No, this was his own Michigas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got it. All right. I, I, I mean, as far as I understand it, maybe maybe some of his people were who knows what, what was going on. Yeah, I can tell you this. I think I would have been with Shop Tide's feet. His, his version <laughs> sounds better. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the problem with like our modern understanding of of like mental illness and like and personality disorders, basically like the entire concept of prophecy of being a prophet, of talking to God, of, you know, getting commandments directly from God, like that's yeah, gen- generally not well respected today. Yeah. Everybody who says that is like, you know, in like the loony bin, uh, which probably is not an appropriate term. I apologize. <laughs> a, uh, a, a mental institution of some well, I sort. I think that but... is the official nomenclature <laughs> that the uh, AMA yeah. uses. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now it's like, well, no, God told me to slaughter my son. Oh, uh, really? Well, then I guess we're going to find an entire religion after you. Like, oh, that doesn't happen so much anymore. Yeah, it happens a little bit, but yeah, it, it happens around different weird things. Like I made the uh, lots of voter fraud happen. Oh, <laughs> let's all sacrifice to this guy now. Yeah, well, I'll never understand that one either, honestly. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of weird phenomena. People do weird things. People are yes, people. people are weird. Yes. All right, let's so let's jump uh, back into the or into the recap. I don't know if we yeah. were in it in the first place. Yeah, we'll do that. A little, that music that we do. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like your version more. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know it well. So, yeah, we, as I said before, we start out opening scene of the movie, and this is just like straight out of a curb scene. Larry's driving, except, you know, Larry's driving. See, I can't, I, he's just Larry. Just, yeah, so Nathan, Larry. Nathan Flom is driving, and we see him you know, with his big beard and, you know, the whole look that you see from the poster. And he's driving, and he gets pulled over by a cop who accuses him of driving drunk. And he makes him perform this uh, sobriety test where he has to, like, balance on, like, one foot or something, and he's not able to do it. And, you know, the cop alleges this proves you're drunk. And like and uh, Nathan is just like, like, I agree that I can't do this, but like that doesn't prove that I'm drunk. Like this is like a really difficult test that you're giving me whether one is drunk or not. So, yeah, yeah. to me, this was just like a straight up curb scene. Sure. Where like Larry's arguing with the cop that like, no, you're like system is stupid. Well, but also don't they like usually blow into the thing to test the BAC? Um, yeah, they do. But I think they also do these, these sorts of things. Yeah. But I'm saying if somebody trips robbery. and falls, they don't just say, well, you must be drunk. Right. Like, I feel like. Right. I think they generally do both because they want there to be something other than just a breathalyzer. They want to be because like the, 
the uh, the police officer also has to have like some probable cause for like pulling you over. Like, yeah, he, he had to, yeah, he had yeah. to show why he thought you were drunk. Sure. So, like. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. So we meet uh, we meet Nathan and we learn that he was working together with a guy named Will Haney, played by future Curb guest star John Hamm. Mm. And they both work at this company uh, that makes cars and they're about to introduce this new electric car that's soon going to hit the market. And everyone's really excited. And yeah. Will, who seems to be, I guess, like the CEO of the company or the founder. Um, and Larry, uh, Nathan is a uh, marketing guy. And he announces that they're going to name this, the car the Howard, which is named after Haney's son, Howard, who himself is named after Howard Roke, Rourke, uh, who is, I believe, the main character in The Fountainhead, the yeah. uh, famous uh, Ayn Rand movie. Uh, Libertarian. Rand book, uh, yeah. yeah. Admired by libertarians. Uh, Paul now, the, now, the weird thing is the implication, certainly in this scene where, where Larry's trashing um, uh, John uh, Don Draper, as I'll call him. <laughs> <laughs> for uh for this name it is like you know that like that that most people think that Ayn Rand is an asshole and that the Howard character is an asshole and why would you want to name your son after that and the implication is like that we're going to find sort of uh Don Draper's politics to be distasteful but he seems to be a lovely guy for the most part throughout this movie yeah he he they certainly set him up as a, a potential villain and yeah. I guess you know I guess that's what they're doing like they're trying to cut against that convention and like yes he turns out to be just like the best possible person that could exist in the entire yeah. world yeah um, by the way so, yeah. there's no there's no real life billionaire like this like like Elon Musk which is like who this guy is is like a crazy person who's certainly not hanging out with like the fellas on the island and playing poker right um so I will say that I, it did seem completely ridiculous that like the head of marketing would find out the name of the car in like yes a meeting with like all the minions of the company. Yes. But also the head of marketing who they brought in from like, he was, I thought he was just like almost like an, a marketing consultant. He's like, Oh, I'm the guy who did this and did that. But he gave him 10% of the company. I mean, that's a huge chunk of change to give to a guy who, who's promising marketing. And he's so uninvolved with your marketing, as you said, that he doesn't know the name <laughs> right. of, the, of the main product. Right. He's not involved in the branding of the product. Yeah. Very odd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, um, Nathan is like, that's the worst name we've ever heard. I won't be affiliated with any car called the Howard. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And he says he wants out. And uh, as you said, Will reminds him that, you know, you, you have 10 percent of the company. And he says, fine, you can buy me out. And they say, great idea. Now, apparently this occurs in the span of 20 minutes, because by the time he's at dinner that night, um, we find out that, you know, he, we, that he's married to uh, Amy Landecker. So he really, uh, I guess he must somehow recovered and got one of those pills and convinced her that he was on the up and up. Um, she's the yeah, same person that she plays in Curb. Yeah, she's very similar. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, she's like completely outraged. They're out, they're out to dinner with uh, Paul Shear and uh, some other lady. And um, they're friends, yeah, so, apparently. Like, and she's like furious. Like, how can you just like give away like your ownership stake in a company because you didn't like the name? You're an idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's very Cheryl there. Um, or just like really anyone, I think. Would a- anyone. Way. Yeah. Anyone <laughs> like, who oh, this came... way to an impetuous, stupid decision that your husband. Larry right. Like you've, been, like you've been working your your butt off for this company. Like they're finally releasing their product. And like, you're yeah. quit, like and you're you're probably only compensated in stock. You're probably not even getting paid for everything you did for the last however long. 
Um, so yeah, so she sends him like with his tail wagging between his legs back to uh, back to John Ham and says, "Can we work it out?" And you know he tries to apologize. And uh, we this get is just another curb season. Yes, scene. this is the, the Todd Stashwick scene where like uh, I mean literally. Can I get, yeah. yeah. Can I? Does it have to be a real apology? Or can I do a begrudging apology? And he's like, you know, Larry. Uh, Larry seems to believe that the, the whole point of apologies is that they're insincere. Yes. It's just like a thing you say so that everyone can move on. And um, uh, yeah, Will's not having it. Um, he says, you know, the, the severance is final, you know, your things are being sent home and, um, yeah. Um, all right. The other, the other thing I just wanted to throw in there again, another thing, Larry David, um, always, uh, obsessed with, uh, you know, methods for urination on the go. Yes. Um, one of the, one of the designs in this, uh, this Howard Howard. car was yeah. uh, that he wanted to include was some sort of P flap, mm. which I didn't completely understand what it was. Well, I think we get the closest version of it in season 11. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Adam Carolla, um, invented a thing called the Recyclerola. Are you familiar with that at all? No. Basically, um, inst- now you have to be drinking an inordinately large number of cans of soda for this to be relevant because and cans specifically or beer, I guess. But basically, or I guess bottles, it works also like individual bottles of beer. He, he put a PVC tube sort of in his kitchen on a decline going outside the house directly into the recycling bin uh, with a flap on it so that, you know, there's not a hole in your house for animals to walk up into. Um, and whenever he has a, a bottle or a can, instead of like putting it in a recycling bin and then putting it later in the thing, he just drops it down like the, the tube, almost like a laundry chute. And so in my head, Larry's idea here is the same thing, like basically a chute going down, but instead of throwing cans down there, you are putting your penis in it and peeing. And then, yeah, there's just a stream of urine on the street, basically. All right. Also, your car probably smells like pee because, you know, so not, not the best idea. Yeah. Um, the uh okay so the falling out that happens here is that uh, not only does he um you know he he um give up his stuff so what happens is that the howard ends up being like you know they're saying you know the biggest invention since the model t it's you know uh, yeah it's you know, tesla basically yeah it's very right exactly and um except howard, the car is very ugly yeah and um nathan's um share of what he would have taken home from all this would would have been about a billion dollars and uh not only does he lose the money he becomes basically seemingly like a national laughing stock for seemingly a long period of time yeah um conan's making jokes about it Hmm. i don't know i don't know who else was in there um and um his wife is just like fed up she leaves him and the worst of all he starts losing his hair Mm mm-hmm so, yeah, so we then have a, uh, a 10 year time jump and we see that now this uh, Larry David like figure is now just exactly Larry David. Uh, the beard is gone. His, he's completely bald and he's basically just Larry David. He's just going under the name Raleigh DeVore and he lives in Martha's Vineyard and he started a new life where nobody knows um, anything about his uh, original life from what we know about him what every other person in town repeatedly says about him is that this is the best guy he's just such a good guy he's the best guy around everybody loves him and i don't get it because we don't see a single redeeming quality we see larry david being larry david being petty being obnoxious with like uh, like within two minutes he's an exact clone of ld he gets an argument with a woman at the diner he gets in repeated fights with jb smooth he gets in a fight with a guy about backing up his car he's just he, he is Larry David, and it's very strange to me how they say, oh, he's the best guy, this rally. Eh, no, Raleigh's Larry David. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, some, of, some of the people we get to meet is his best friend, Frank, played by Danny McBride. Mm. 
his ex girlfriend. The, the LD Danny McBride interactions are just LD Jeff. Uh yeah, they're pretty similar. Yeah. And um, the and the LD uh JB smooth art uh discussions, yeah, like so when they argue about black dwarves and white dwarves, and it's possible sure. to, like it's impossible to tell that that's not Larry and Leon. Yes, for sure. Um, and we also have his, I guess, his ex-girlfriend or ex-lover. I don't mm. know how, um, you know, intimate things got uh, played by the great Amy Ryan. Yes. And we also meet Mr. McKenzie, who's a local building contractor, of course, played by Curb, uh, two-time guest star, right? Philip, Philip Baker Hall was on two episodes, I believe. Yes. Um, there was definitely and- a, a little prick involved. Yes, and um, he uh, he makes some, some money on the side doing some work for an old woman named Tibby. And uh, one thing we definitely take note of, we didn't even mention before, that one thing that was very important to him is that outlets should be at eye level. Yeah. And we see that now in his new life, he has located the outlets in his house. Yes. They should be at eye level. Very attractive, Larry. So, yeah, so Frank uh, takes Raleigh to his... Well, hold on, you didn't mention, we also yeah. have um, we have Joe Stumpo. And his friend uh, Rags, played by Michael Keaton and yeah, later. Well, we didn't meet them yet. We're going to meet oh, them a okay. little bit later. All right, yeah. Okay. Uh, but they are in the movie. Mm, yes. Um, so, yeah. So it's uh, I guess it's uh, Flom's birthday and he attends a surprise party. Uh, he ends up punching uh, Jasper. Or, or I think I should call him Jasper. Um, well, and, uh, his girlfriend, his fiance calls him Jasper because yeah, she's okay. Spanish. I think is the joke. But everyone else oh, calls him okay. Jasper. Got it. Okay. I was confused. I okay. think that was an attempt to joke. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. You could be right. Um, okay, so yeah, so Jasper, which is JB Smooth. Um, so Larry's uh, surprised, so he punches Leon in the face. Um, and... As you do when you see an African American person that you weren't expecting to be there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Again, um, this is only Larry David to do that. But this is the greatest guy who everybody loves. <laughs> yeah, and, and we uh, we also now get introduced to uh, Jennifer, who is played by Eva Mendez. We mm. learned that Larry has known her for a long time. She used to be much more overweight, mm. and um, she's now much uh, much more attractive, much thinner, and she is dating uh, Jasper. And uh, Larry gives her the great advice of, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're probably, you don't realize how good, you, you know, how good you potentially you could have it now. You should probably test the market a little bit more before settling for Leon. Um, and when this works, which again, is straight, is straight uh, Larry David thing to say. Anchor. Yeah. Yeah. Also like the whole, like we just did car periscope with the whole, like, you know, we know that Larry thinks he has like tons of great inventions and that like, he takes credit for other people's things and like, yeah. I would have, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a big thing of his. Um, so yeah, the word gets, word gets back to Jasper that he said this and, um, he accuses Larry of being a racist. Hmm. Um, okay. Well, so, it doesn't help that the first time he saw me punch him in the face, also. Right. <laughs> Which, by the way, Jamie Smooth, like, was, or Jasper, Jasper, seems to accept that remarkably well. Yeah. yeah if, if someone punches Leon in the face or almost any other normal human, you punch them <laughs> yeah. back. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah. Um, I like here where Larry says he doesn't like sleeping in bed with, woman, with a woman, but he does like the sex part. He just yeah. doesn't like oh, the sleep. Thanks part. for the reassurance. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, then there's also the whole thing about uh, birthday emails was yeah. very much a curbism. Yeah, uh, he doesn't like responding to them. And yeah, then they also have this whole weird thing about um, the restaurants put, putting the silverware. They should put it on a napkin. They put it directly yeah. on the table. And he thinks yeah. it's gross. What, uh, what's your that, take, that, by the way, on the birthday Facebook post in terms of what, what kind of response is required? Um, I mean, I think a like is more than sufficient. But do you think that you're obligated to go like every single one of those things? Um, you're not obligated to, oh, no, okay. I don't, I don't think yeah. you are. No. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think any reaction is required. Like if somebody says something particularly humorous or noteworthy, you know, but like 
just just like the two seconds you took to say happy birthday i gotta go and spend like 10 minutes like clicking like on every one of these no. yeah oh i'm totally with you i mean my yeah. my perspective on my birthday is that for some reason there's this day on the calendar where mm-hmm. like as a bonus i get to like return a bunch of voicemails to people that like <laughs> now i have to like call back because i'm an asshole right if i don't acknowledge or at least I have to text them and say thanks. Like if somebody yeah, yeah. leaves you a voicemail, that you have to acknowledge. Right? But who? That's aunts and uncles. How many people are doing that? Oh uh, yeah, family. So like a five or six people, I have to like call. And be like, hey, like I don't like I don't want to. Like, humble brag. You got you got so many living aunts and uncles who love you so much to call you on your birthday. I, I get yeah, like two. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's not my thing. I you know I yeah. I don't think I, I don't I'm not a big birthday person. And like I'm really not a talking on the phone person. Oh for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so when you combine those things, it's just like oh special uh, birthday present. You get to do this annoying chore. Yeah. That you Talk avoid to your all hands. the other days. Yeah. Right? Like. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I will say this. Like, I was never for I mean, I like I really like my wife's birthday. I've never cared for my birthday since I was a kid. I mean, maybe when I was a kid, I did because like, as you said, it's sort of who cares? It's sort of artificial. Oh, I didn't die for a year. But um, and, and this is true for like many things in life, I guess, like now that I can see live it through my kids, I do love my birthday because my kids get so excited when it's my birthday. Right. And, you know, they make me their little shitty gifts, but like like they are so excited. And so, you know, I do like it now for that reason. But yeah, but independent of that, who cares? Um, so yeah, so, um, Flom is out on the water and he sees somebody basically, uh, landing into like some sort of fancy boat. And it turns out that Will Haney, John Hamm has moved to the very islands that, uh, Nathan Flom is residing on. No, hold on. This and- is Martha's Vineyard, right? Yeah. And the, the presentation of Martha's Vineyard is that it's a, it's a real blue collar town with people who are, you know, like real salt to the earth, except for this one billionaire who plops in and buys like a rich mansion. Like that is like 99% of Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, I mean, I guess there could be part different part. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't I'm know sure there's people all. who live there year round and I'm sure there's people there who are more blue collar, like a, a right. few of them. But like like the, the, the Don Draper character would not be like the, the fish out of water there. He would not have to like go like to like some local poker game to like fit in. You know what I mean? Like there's many, many, many like millionaires. Like hasn't Alan Dershowitz gotten fights with Larry David in like the grocery store? Uh, yeah, I believe that was reported in the New York Post. Yes, uh, at Martha's Vineyard. Um, and, and, and also, the, uh, the, uh, just, the, the character of Larry David described in the story by Alan Dershowitz sounded a lot like Larry David, the character. So, you know, yeah. it checks out. And Dershowitz actually complained also early in the Trump administration that he was being disinvited from all his uh, social parties on the island because of his uh, defense of Trump. Again, I don't think he, Alan Dershowitz was referring to poker games in like the back of some like, you know, like uh, fish shack somewhere. I think he was referring to like uh, the Hoi Polloi having their little cocktail parties. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so is, is Haney supposed to be like Jeffrey Epstein? Is he part of that whole Martha's Vineyard crew? Um, is that what oh, John- Dershowitz? Oh, you're saying Ham's character? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know. who. He, again, to me, in my head, he was basically playing like a, a very nice version of Elon Musk. Right. Um, so, yeah. So Haney um, is married to Rhonda, played by Kate Hudson, and yeah. they are building what seems to be a huge uh, ostentatious mansion on the site of Blue Heron, uh, where the Stumpos used to live. Mm, yeah. um, we're going to meet in a little bit. Yeah. And so uh, thank I have this weird thing with Kate Hudson where uh, I listen to her, her brother's podcast, Oliver Hudson. Okay. And so he, I hear her name like. I feel like every single week in my life, even though I right. haven't seen a thing she's been in forever. But like I started like, oh, there's Kate. And I was like, oh, wait, I don't even I, I have no familiarity with this person. So I always hear their name mentioned on a podcast. Right. Um, so, yeah. So um, Flom goes to like check it out and like ends up, uh, you know, see it becoming face to face with Haney. But Haney doesn't recognize him. He thinks he's one of the movers. And um, so he's very relieved that like his cover is not blown. 
Yeah. Um, and now here's where we get the first of like either two or three times that we uh, discover there's this like road in the city where like two cars can't get by each other. It always becomes a game of chicken where everybody yells each other and who, who's going to yeah. move and who's going to let the other go. Well, it seems to be a dirt path like that's not a main road, but then like it would be a dirt path going from like one person's house to another. But why is Larry constantly traveling on this with <laughs> across from many, many other people? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you would think they would have just like design, design you know, sure. Made a Kate, Kate Hudson's right a billionaire. Like, I think she just build a road if she has to be driving out of the people, or just like make just like the rule everyone knows that like whoever's going west, you, yeah. know, you know, goes first or something. Like now, just, do you have that thing in your neighborhood? Um, it's similar to this, except a lesser version, which is on these roads when you have cars sort of parked on both sides, then there's not really room for two cars to pass each other at the same spot. You could, you have to go really slow, and so you, right. so like one of you will sort of pull over to the right behind the uh the parked car and let the other person go through and then you go through do you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah so i feel like this happens a lot in my neighborhood and yeah it's sort of whoever's closer to the bend as as, as larry would say is is the one who sort of goes through first and the person who's you know a little bit behind uh right. waits but yeah but i so I do, I do think that's a common thing yeah um okay so it's um, the poker gang is getting together and we find out that the band Chicago is coming back to mm. Martha's Vineyard for the first time since the great show that they put on here 20 years ago. Oh, what, a, uh, what a show that was. What a show that was. And the best part of the show wasn't even the fact that Chicago was here. It was that. Apparently, after the show, Wendy, Larry's ex-girlfriend, blew seemingly multiple members of the band. That's yeah. what the rumor is. A little bit of slut here. Ever, this uh, 2013 movie here. Yeah, I'm all. Yeah, I mean, you get to hook up with Chicago. I see you go for it. I don't know what what the. Yeah, well, well, I don't see anything she did wrong. It sounds like a lot of other people are jealous. Yeah, I mean, like if the reverse was yeah. like, oh, I had to sleep like... with three of the Spice Girls. Oh, my God. What a terrible <laughs> yeah, exactly. day. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Correct. Um, <laughs> we discuss which three would be. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't really know the Spice Girls. Neither so. do I. But I, any, I would I take any of the three. I know that? there's one called Scary, so I guess I'll put her last because I don't like the sound of Scary. Scary, Scary, Sporty, Posh, Baby, and is there a fifth? Yeah, when I'm looking forward to some sex at the end of the night, <laughs> Scary is not. Um, well, sometimes you, sometimes you want a little bit of Scary. I mean, yeah, you don't want so Baby either. You don't want Baby. That's yeah. true. Okay, you make a fair point. See, I told you I didn't know their names. I knew there was yeah. Scary. Yeah. Um, is there Pepper? Is that one of them? No. There's, there's one of actual spice, right? No, there's posh sugar. Wait, is there sugar? sugar? sugar. No, sugar's from uh, Survivor. I'm getting confused. No, that's it's sporty, hyper. scary, baby, posh, and then what's the last one? I don't know. We should have we should have uh, we should have had Robin Akiva on their experts on Spice Girls. Yeah, who are we missing? Who's the fifth one? Um, I don't know. You want it? you can look it up. Yeah, I am. Um, oh, this is their real names. I don't care about their real names. Ginger spice, Jerry Howell. Ginger, ginger there you spice. go. I told yeah. you one of them was an actual spice. Yeah, I think it's more because she had red hair, but yeah. All right, pepper. I was close. I was, you know, I had the right. Oh, cadence. I see what you're. Oh, pepper, same color. I mean, pepper's black, but it's identified as red. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. So they're all hanging out at the card game still, and he's very upset that like he was the only one that didn't know about this. Now this becomes like one of like the biggest like running storylines of the movie, yeah. and it just makes no sense. Like, who cares? That like your ex girlfriend yeah. blew some guys many years before you knew each other. Like, and now you have no relationship with her anymore. So, right. Like, yeah. it's one thing if it was your current girlfriend, which whatever is still probably stupid. But like, at least they're like it's relevant to your life. Yeah. Here it's just like, oh, it's some girl you used to date. Used to date some other guys or whatever. Hooked up Basically. with some other guys. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah. Like, how is this relevant to your life? Yeah. It's so crazy that this becomes. Yeah. Like, they, they need it to be. I mean, it's still problematic, but at least there's some 
like coherence whatsoever. Like it has to be his existing wife or girlfriend or something. Right. For his right to have, have any, yeah. tangent, you know, tangential relationship to him at all. Um, so, yeah. So, um, so he, they're still hanging out at this card game. And sure enough, uh, who could walk in? Best person in the world that could walk into this situation right now is Bill Haney. Of course. Um, yeah, because, right. What are the odds? Of course. Well, you know, I guess it is. Like, if some, either, there's going to definitely be someone who's going to want to, like, be buddies with this guy, right? He brings yeah. a lot to the table, potentially. So, it's yeah, like, he brings $9 billion to the table, yeah. among other things. So, like, they invite him to join the game, and people start asking him, like, oh, like, which, of course, this is, like, so ridiculous. And, like, of, on all, of all questions they're going to ask him about, who's like, he's, is like, oh, the guy who is it true that there was a guy who used to work for you and like he lost out on a billion dollars? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a true story. But like, why would that even be on like somebody's radar at this point? I mean, I, I know it was like this big, you know, story for five days. Yeah, like, very strange. Like, there seems like a lot better questions that you would ask this like billionaire who created like the most, uh, yeah. you know, revolutionary product. But in, the whole the, the whole story year. of like Raleigh's exposure as Nathan Flom. None of that makes any sense either. Like, <laughs> yeah. so what? Who cares? Like, who cares? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, right. He changed his name. He was embarrassed. Yeah. If but I've like, been friends with the guy for 10 years, I'm not going to stop being friends with him because he could have had money that he doesn't have. Right. Right. He's I'd exactly be like, oh, man, person. that sucks that that happened to you, Raleigh. End of conversation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, I guess, you know, potentially you could be like, oh, you changed your name. But like, okay, so you changed your name. Like, you wanted a fresh start somewhere. That's, he, didn't, he didn't wrong any of these people um, in that regard. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, so, he... um. Nathan, uh, Nathan goes uh, storming out. He just like can't deal with, uh, you know, being in seeing all that going on. And Nathan fo- uh, Frank follows him out. And he's like, what's going on? And he tells him the truth about how he's really this guy, Nathan. And he just can't bear to be around uh, Haney because it brings, you know, it's just going to bring it all back for him and how and how horrible it was. Um, so he goes home and that night he's uh, flipping through the channels and he stumbles on the opening scene of the Fountainhead. And he figures, you know what? This movie kind of ruined my life. May as well check it out. See what the whole deal is. And what we what we see is that there's a a scene or you know a sequence in the movie where someone uh, seeks revenge, and Nathan gets the idea and the inspiration that for him to gain revenge on his billion dollars that he lost, he's going to blow up Haney's mansion because that's what the character does in the movie. He has to gain revenge yes. on someone. He blows up their house. And, you know, he tells Frank about this idea and Frank introduces him to the two guys you talked about before, Joe Stumpo, um, whose family used to own this mansion um, and is not pleased that like some, uh, you know, asshole billionaire is going to take it over. And we also meet Stumpo's friend Rags, played by the wondrous Bill Hader, mm. um, who we yeah, are. We're, we're not really quite sure what Rags is. Doing. Obviously, something is wrong with Rags. Uh, he's not, you know, 100 percent. Not all there. Yeah. yeah. Um, he has a girlfriend. She sometimes spends the night. Yeah. Uh, he had one other fun fact I can't recall. He's been uh, Bill Hader here as Rags is playing a character. He's played in something else, but I can't put my finger on it. The character for sure has, regardless of whether he's played, it has very serious Bill Hader vibes. Just yes, like this. But it's very good. Yeah, it's very good. I agree. Um, I'm a big Bill Hader fan. He's he's one of the ones from that. uh SNL cast that I really like. He was probably my favorite of that group. Yeah. I don't think that's a hot take. No, I'm not saying it's a hot take. I mean, yeah. Kristen Wiig, I think, was the best. Yeah, she's really good, too. But, uh, she was the best on SNL, I think, of that uh, of that generation, I think, pretty clearly. But Hater has done sort of, like, Kristen Wiig has sort of been, like, stuck in the same place 
in, in like other roles that she's done. Whereas Hader is all over the place, obviously, since he's yeah. playing like a murderer. And, or he's playing, yeah. Sudeik is probably now the most successful, I would say, right? Well, at the moment, because of Telasa, you're saying. Yeah. I mean, no one has, yeah. but no one has done something that big, I would say. I mean, does that, I don't know what the viewers of that are versus like um, Hader Barry. and HBO, Yeah, versus Barry. I mean, Ted Lasso seems much. I mean, again, this is completely anecdotal. It seems much more mainstream. I mean, yeah, just no, it also, it, I think the t- it came out right during like COVID, which I think was very helpful. Yeah, but I think it has much more wide appeal. Just yes, like, it's uh, not about murders. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, a show about like a serial killer. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure that's true. Yeah, um, about you know a, a football, a really nice football coach who inspires yeah. everyone. Um, okay, a lot so of people we, have Apple TV. Um. I think so. It comes, you get like a free subscription with the iPhone. Oh, okay. So I bet a bunch of people at a minimum get it and then keep it. Um, oh. But it, I think it's, I think it's worthwhile. I think it was, uh, it lagged. I think the first year or so that existed, I saw no reason to have it. Uh, but now I happily subscribe to it. What do you watch funny. on it? Um, we, uh, we watched that lasso. Yeah. Um, we're in the middle of mythic quest, uh, which is very funny. Um, it's a show. It's a uh, Rob McElhaney, uh developed. He stars in it as well. Uh, Mac from Always Sunny. Okay. Um, we uh, we watched the morning show, which my wife really liked. I thought it was meh, but like, it's, yeah. like it's, it's 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 extremely watchable. Like, yeah, I feel like, like it would suck me in, but yeah, the yeah, reviews like were... it's not, yeah, like it's not good. Like it's yeah. like it's lacking in substance and in, in lots of ways. There's lots of very good criticisms of it, but it's like you could easily just like watch it straight. Like yeah. it's 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 very enticing. You want to see what happens next. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though like you know what you're watching is crap, like scandal. Yeah, who or... killed Sarah? By the way, is another great example of that. Did you watch <laughs> um, that? No, what's Who Killed Sarah? On Netflix. Oh, I never saw that. No. Uh, I've watched every episode of all two seasons. It's it's like a Mexican um, melodrama. It's like a soap opera kind of. Yeah. And it's it seems it's very like, um, like, I mean, I, I don't know anything about telenovelas except like sort of the stereotype of on like The Simpsons or whatever, but it seems like it's just a classic telenovela and why or how Netflix tricked tons of like uh, pasty white guys like me to watch it. I have no idea. But like it, 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 and it's a telenovela to the extent that also in every episode there's multiple sex scenes, and the sex scene is like long, slow motion, softcore music, like Skinamax type thing. Right. And and, and by the way, very uh, like there's there's man on man sex scenes, man on woman, like all different kinds, and like you know very open minded to them, and then I support that, I guess. But like it's just so comically like ridiculous. Like what am I watching here? Like. Yeah, but um, yeah, but but I, I had yeah. to know who killed Sarah, so I had to keep watching episode after episode. Right. Yeah. Spoiler alert: they don't tell you because they want you to keep watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also recently started for All Mankind, which I've heard uh is really great, and so is far Apple I'm TV liking also? it. It's an Apple TV show. It's like an alternate mm-hmm. history uh show that's set in the late '60s, early '70s to start at least. Um, where it's an alternate history where the Russians got to the moon first, mm-hmm. and the way that that. It seems the, the the general direction it goes is that that made the space race more of a real competition that kind of lit a fire under both sides and like escalated what thing what people did in space as a result. So uh, it's um, three episodes in so far. It's good. Um, but I heard it gets progressively good and that like season two is awesome. So mm. um, I mean, the Russians going into orbit first is what spurred the American 
Right. But so I but guess then we you know, blew past them so far. Right. So that kind of ended it. Yeah. And then it kind of, end, you know, to a certain extent, ended people's interest in space. Like once it was like it was for some people, for many people, seemingly at, at least for it to be like a national mission. Like it was it was about the competition with the Russians more mm. than the actual getting yeah. to space. I guess or at least that's their take on it. I, I'm not going to say that's, uh, yeah. you know, a definitive historical stake. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm talking about my ass. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds right. I mean, Man on the Moon, clearly everybody in the world, everyone in America watched. But then like how many of like the. Uh, like in my family, every time um, there's any kind of, uh, you know, uh, aircraft going into space, we have to watch the, the the liftoff because my wife is into it. My kids are into it. But, yeah, it's not a national obsession the way it was, obviously, you know, in the 60s. Yeah. Um, and one thing I learned it, from watching the show is that there has never been a woman on the moon. moon. OK, um, because like by the time like women were really, um, you know, actively- we were done landing on the moon. Right. Like we had like we yeah. stopped going. Like no it was like moves. a big thing for like five, ten years. And yeah. then all right, okay. we did the moon. Let's let's uh, put a woman on the moon. Yeah. So yeah. So uh yeah, get Apple TV. I think Apple TV is worthwhile. Okay. Um it's and it's like five bucks a month or six bucks a month. Like so it's much cheaper than Netflix. And, and I think the other it, ones. And like there was yeah. a couple of good movies this year that they had. Um so mm. I think it's worthwhile. I think it's it, it pays for itself. I, mm. there's enough to watch. To, yeah. So yeah. Commercial for Op TV. They're sponsoring this episode. Um okay, so we uh, we see that he goes to uh, to meet with um, Mackenzie, the Philip Baker Hall character, and gets uh, gets a job on his crew uh, working at the uh, John Hamm mansion. So that way uh, he can infiltrate. Um, so he's uh, he's hanging out at this restaurant and he uh, he plays a Chicago song in the jukebox in order to get Wendy's attention and um, asks her about the band. And she could, and then finally he confronts her about whether or not she blew them. Um, and she basically tells him to go to hell, which. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So we see we have this whole sequence where he's like, working at the mansion. Uh, we see that he sees that the shopping cart painting from early in the movie. He uh, is in the house, which just pisses him off even more. Yeah. And he starts to uh, strike up a relationship with uh, Rhonda, Haney's wife. Um, you know, he's helping her with uh, with the heating system. He built the he built the what's it called? Swing set that will yeah. eventually collapse. So obviously, he has no idea what he's doing. He's screwing up left and right. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, they're striking up a friendship. She's uh, she's taking an affinity. To Much him. to Philip Baker Hall's chagrin. Yeah, I mean, then we find out that Stumpo is going to put him in touch with this guy named Tibor to get a uh, detonator. Yes. Um, and and uh, Tibor, we learn, is played by, I think, your good friend, Liev Schreiber. I know. Oh, you we're, we're best friends. Yeah. yeah. No, but I do love Liev Schreiber in almost everything he's in, especially this and the 10 in these movies, like these absurd comedies where he comes and just plays this ridiculous character with a ridiculous accent. Yeah, he, he had very strong uh, Shlomo Holes vibes here, I thought. Yeah, he, yeah. Except, except he does it better, I think, than Shlomo Holes. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So we get we we uh, we get the detonator. Uh, but as he's driving away, they do his whole thing where Larry like waves goodbye. Uh, he mistakes it for letting him say go ahead, and they get into a fender bender, and he demands that uh, he's going to have to pay for the damage. Yeah. Again, this is curb. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then um, Nathan and Rhonda end up going to this fair, and one of the things that they do at the fair is they do one of those things where like you stick your head to take a picture. Uh, they have these a lot more, uh, not at fairs, but like at like if you go to like uh, apple picking or like a farm. Yes, they, they always have these. Yes, uh, where like you look like. I mean, they also have it like at like uh, Disney World and stuff. Like you look yeah, like yeah. A look like a character. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, so or the NFL thing where you can. So, uh, um, you know. so Larry puts his head into a thing of a guy with a beard and Jasper is like looking from across the fair and he sees Larry with a beard. and He clicks in his head that this is the guys that for some reason he remembers from the news from 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it doesn't make sense, like how famous Nathan Flom is in this world. Yeah. Uh, Raleigh would have been in a lot of trouble if this happened today with like all these apps on people's phones where like they add beards to everybody. And, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. We're not a lasted very long. Yeah. So facial recognition uh, would immediately know he was the same guy. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, Jennifer is now going out with Tibor mm. um, and Jasper is furious. And yeah, understandably. Basically, basically blackmails him that he's going to tell everybody that who he really is if he doesn't fix this. Um, and uh, so Nathan goes to Tibor and tries to convince him to break up like Jennifer by telling him that everybody knows that she blew the band Chicago. Yeah. Which again, like, well, okay, like, I, yeah, I don't know why this is like everyone sees this as like this disqualifying thing. Right? Yeah, I mean, if it happens like while you're dating somebody, okay, well then that's right. different. But oh, for sure, that's yeah. a completely different situation. By the way, even still, I t- totally understandable. Doesn't yeah. everybody have like a list that you know? Oh, if you're gonna put yeah. the whole band of Chicago on your list, your five list, with, you know, the thing from Friends. Yeah, and like, yes, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like I'm just and saying, like, he, like, if Jen slept with Brad Pitt, like, I don't think I'd be that upset. <laughs> um, and in fact, sorry, I'm, I'm I would encourage it actually. If the opportunity yeah. were to arise, right. I mean, and I like, hope, it, as long as he's vaccinated. Yeah, and, and what's sure clear is that, like, this isn't like a joke about the band Chicago because, like. They they love Chicago. Like they said that the concert for Ch- that Chicago came to was awesome, and everyone wants to go again. Oh yeah, this, is a, this 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 movie's an ad for Chicago, right? So it's like it's not like oh because Chicago is like a loser band and you blew these loser guys. Like no, you yeah. love the band Chicago. That would have actually been funnier. They should have done that. They should have made it like Creed or something. <laughs> then it would then it would be understandable if they made it yeah. like it was yeah. like a, a band that people detest or yes. you know whatever. You're right. That was a huge mistake on their part. But they show us that these guys are huge fans of Chicago. So whatever we think of Chicago, it shouldn't be bad for these guys because it's like, oh, those are we love Chicago. Like that's super cool that you hooked up with a guy from Chicago. Yeah. Um, if you yeah. just start dating somebody and you find out that in their dating history they hooked up with like some like like celebrities or like I think most people see that as a positive, not a yeah, their, their stock goes up. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we see more of um, Nathan and Rhonda, or I guess so Raleigh and Rhonda becoming friends. And for some reason, Nathan, you know, gets the idea that Rhonda's into him. Yeah. And he uh, calls an audible on the plan. The plan, the revenge plan is no longer going to be I'm going to blow up his house. It's going to be I'm going to steal his wife. Now, let us just remember for a second. He's not playing Larry David, the, you know, the half of a billionaire. (laughs) She's actually married to a world famous billionaire, one of the most uh, famous and rich men on earth. He is, to her thought, some random lowly, not not that there's anything wrong with being an electrician, but like some random electrician who makes sixty thousand dollars a year. Right. So it's like all of Larry David's bad personality. Yeah. Traits. Oh, and he's also and, and he's very old and very bald and very unattractive. Right. All of those and, things. And her husband but is Don Draper. Is John Hamm. Right. Correct. Correct. Like yes. one of the world's great sex symbols. So it's right. it's it's the most insane. Like I've heard of people out kicking their coverage, but and also she's Kate Hudson, by the way. It's insane. It's <laughs> it it is impossible to think that somebody could be could think this which Raleigh slash Nathan seems to think. Yeah. 
Uh, so we get this like great cross cut of uh, Nathan telling his friends like this the new plan as we see uh, Will and Rhonda like like lovingly yes. holding each other and crying <laughs> on a dock. Um, and because we find out that Haney is dying and he's going to stop the treatment because it's not it's not working. Yes. Um, and to top it all off, the, the house that he's building that is going to be blown up uh, was not built for him, but rather is a house in which to house sick children uh, living out their dying days or as they're getting yes. treatment. I guess there's some there's some uh, doctor here that gives treatment. Yeah, I don't think they're dying. I think hopefully they're not dying. Yeah, well, whatever. They're obviously they're very sick. Um, but yeah, so it's obviously, you know, vaults uh, Haney into being the greatest guy in history that like he's he's, you know, he's dying himself and instead of like focusing, you know, tying up his own things. He's like focusing on, you know, I'm going to build this mansion so that like six poor children could benefit. Yeah. So, yeah. World's greatest guy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So the next day, uh, Nathan and Rhonda go water skiing. And on the way back, they come across this uh, town intersection. Uh, neither of them will let the other one go. They start screaming at each other uh, right in the middle of Chekhov's road. Um, and uh, Nathan mistakes her passion for romance and like hugs her and kisses her. And Rhonda's like pushes him off and is like, Ugh, this disgusting. She's yes. like, rubbing off her lips. And she's like, What's wrong with you? Are you crazy? I'm married. I love my husband. You're disgusting and bald. Yeah. Like, he doesn't say that, but that's the implication. Yes. Um, so Nathan's like, All right, forget it. That's it. So I'm going ahead with the blowing up the house now. Um, and he he realizes that the best time to do it is going to be during the Chicago concert when no one's going to be at home. Yes. The whole Uh, town must go to Chicago. But uh, before he can get to his, uh, you know, epic revenge plan, he needs to go speak to the members of the band Chicago to see whether or not they'll confirm the story (laughs) about Wendy. And he finds out that it was uh, two band members that had uh, gotten blown by Wendy. But of course they remember because, you know, I'm sure right, they've yes. never been blown by anyone else ever anywhere. Yes. Um, and uh, Jasper's going crazy because he sees Jennifer and Tibor together at the party. Um, not the party, at the concert. Um, so he goes, he, he marches right into the newspaper office and tells them and they immediately break the story. Yeah. By the way, this is the second time now uh, in this movie where a media source finds out some information and doesn't even bother like asking the other party for comment, which was something that annoyed me on billions a couple of weeks ago. But like, right, right like earlier on, uh, Nathan opens up a Time magazine and sees a piece about him with Time magazine, you know, not bothering to reach out, you know, for con- for comment from him. And now the local paper has done this big expose without even like reaching out to the main character to ask him for his, uh, you know, any comment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, um, because of this thing, uh, going public now, um, Haney, who, oh, we, I, I, I guess we, uh, we missed this earlier, but like we had seen a scene earlier that like, he's actually been looking for Nathan Flom for yes. like, the last 10 years, uh, because he feels so guilty about, um, what, how everything's went down. He hasn't been able to find it. Cause like, obviously that he was like disappeared by like that guy from breaking bad. Yeah, although uh, what kind of effort has he really made to find him? Like he hired a PI or something because like. He could have made one public announcement about it, and obviously Raleigh would have heard about it. I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know what he did. Um, so, yeah, so he comes marching into the concert and sees uh, Nathan, or he sees Raleigh, and he tells him, I, you, I can't believe I finally found you. I've been looking for you. Um, I want to give you your billion dollars that, that you deserve and that I unfairly took away from you. In fact, I've, I've kept up a shopping cart photo in my house all these years because it reminds me every single day of the guilt that I should have for how I treated you. Mm. Um, Which, as so, if, if we'll recall, he did nothing wrong whatsoever. 
<laughs> right. And by the way, if you're um, dying and you want to like, you know, there's many better causes for a billion dollars than to go to this schmuck Nathan. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so Nathan is like super excited, of course, but then he immediately realizes that the house is about to be blown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would probably look bad in front of the guy who's yeah. about to give you a billion dollars. Yes. Um, so he starts racing back, um, you know, to try to get it. He takes the Howard car and of course it breaks down in the middle. The battery dies. Um, he passes along these two women who earlier said, Oh, he's such a great guy, and like they like were in a car accident. He's just like, Sorry, can't help you. I'm in a rush. Yeah. Um, which you know, I, th- I actually I think it's 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 an open question of he shouldn't have just completely not helped them, but like you could argue that he was going to prevent a potentially larger disaster. Yeah. Then like, like neither of them seemed like they're dying. Well, but then this is a classic thing from curve. You could have just said, I'm sorry, it's a life or death emergency. I have to go some save someone's life, you know, but like, like in curve, Larry, when he has reasonable explanations, just makes things much worse. Yeah. Yeah. He does always yeah, explain badly. Um, so so yeah. said, I'll give you each a million dollars when I get back. Just trust me. So, so uh, he so he starts trying to race back and foot, and he eventually gets there. But he's just like a minute too late. As he's getting there, the all, the, all is, the children are getting off the bus. Just just as the, the bus is turning the corner, the coven and the children are are getting off. Um, the, the, the house explodes, um, and we find out that uh, all three of them ended up serving only three years in prison, which is not mm-hmm. too bad, given yeah. what they. But, but I guess what I, they're lucky as no one died. Um, yes. And uh, Larry has the uh, shaggy hair and beard once again. Um, he returns to Martha's Vineyard and, you know, reunites with Frank, uh, runs into Jennifer, who now is overweight again. And they uh, they decide to give each other a chance. I mean, marginally so. Yeah, well, they're, they're She's still extremely beautiful. She's still yes. ever They're clearly you're meant to yes. see that she is not. As she thin as she has not yet sunk to Larry David levels. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, obviously not. Uh, with with uh, everything right. he had against him. And now Larry, also he's yeah. uh, he like no, a convict. Has, right. Yeah. And he has no money. No money. Yes. <laughs> right. Larry David has no money. Oh, and he gave his ex-girlfriend his, his former job. And then and then it turns out that she struck it rich because that woman died with a bunch of money in her will. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so right. So she ends up, Wendy ends up getting like millions of dollars because it's her right. So, right. Another, in another cruel twist of fate, it turns out that Tibby, who he was working for all those years and like moved her, like he could have gotten, you know, tons of money again from her if he had stayed with her, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, as it turns out, everyone views uh, Nathan as a hero because he blew up that mansion and drove out that Haiti asshole. <laughs> um, and everyone agrees. The Chicago concert was great. Everyone had a wonderful time. The band was terrific. And best of all, Jennifer blew the band members in the parking lot after the oh. show. Um, and that's the end of the movie. Now, I would say yeah. here, at least here, here's what we said earlier. At least now he is romantically involved with Jennifer. At least it's like potentially on your radar is something that you could be, you know, inquisitive about. Uh, it's more logical to... than your ex-girlfriend. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. um, yeah. So we uh, what else? Oh, we missed um, right after he gets outed as when Raleigh gets outed as Nathan. There's that scene in the coffee shop and like some kid has a camcorder and like he sees it. And it was it was just so dated to me. Like this is not that long ago. Right. But the idea like, well, fortunately, somebody had a camcorder to catch this moment as opposed to every single one of us has at all times on us now. All right. So uh, what is your uh, rating for this movie? 
Yeah. So I, I, uh, I gave some thought to how I'm even supposed to think about what my rating is in terms of what am I rating this as? Am I rating this as a movie? Obviously, we're grading it on the curb. Pretty, 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 pretty good a scale of uh, zero to five. Um, but am I rating this as a movie or am I, or am I rating it as like some like, you know, bizarro world for uh, curb episode? So that I um, so I thought about that a little bit. And then what I decided was that either way, I'm giving it one and a half pretties because uh, it wasn't very good at either. Um, you know, it's it's definitely like I enjoyed watching it the way I enjoy like the, the basement level curb episode is even like, yeah, like I like seeing Larry David on screen doing Larry David things. Um, I'm never going to be against that. But like, I didn't think anything about this version of what is essentially the same character really worked at all. Um, and some of that, just like these characters are, aren't well-developed. So like maybe by like episode seven of this, you know, bizarro Larry David world, I would like, uh, you know, I would understand the dynamic with, with Wendy better um, or the, the dynamic with Jasper better. Um, but I'm kind of just like mapping curb stuff onto all that instead. And none of it is really uh, coming together at all. Um, and like, you know, there's good jokes here and there, but like, it's, I think it's even just in terms of jokes, it's a way below average curb episode. So yeah, I give it a pretty, pretty good, uh, one and a half pretties, um, which I, I don't know if that would make it like my lowest curb episode literally, but it's like, it would be a bottom curb episode for me and hmm. not, and not a very good movie. Uh, yeah. So I tried to rank it basically as a movie. I ranked it pretty, pretty good. Uh, two stars. It has a great cast. But, you know, as we said repeatedly, it's basically a curb episode with Larry playing someone else. And I prefer LD uh, to Nathan Flom. I will note um, that this is a 60. It's in the 60s on both Rotten Tomatoes and on Metacritic, which kind of surprised me. 69 on Metacritic is pretty, 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 pretty good. Yeah, and that's, so that's really high. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised by how strong the, the ratings were. They were stronger than I thought. Speaking of strong performances, uh, can we get to the uh, come with guy? Uh, sure. I'm going to go with uh, Wendy for my come with gal. She hooks up with Chicago. Super cool. She's like, seems to be like a really cool girl. Everyone really likes her. She's sassy. She, you know, she, she puts people in their place um, and she gets all the money at the end. So she wins. Mm, yes, she does win. Um, I was I thought Michael Keaton in terms of acting, I thought he did the best job. I thought Stumpo was is very crazy, but uh, was was very enjoyable. Uh, Kate Hudson is Rhonda. She's great. She's a uh, delightful uh, rags. Is, uh, Bill Hader, we talked about. Uh, I'm going to have to give it to my man, Tibor, though. Liam Schreiber. I love when he's trying to talk his way in, into <laughs> into Chicago and with yeah. his with his with his ridiculous accent, which could be described as Yiddish slash anywhere in Europe, east of Germany, basically. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and now the interesting thing, by the way, also is and if you go on IMDb and this actually goes to like sort of a consistent thing we talk about curb, but sort of the inconsistency of credits. Conan O'Brien, who plays a news report, make, cracking a joke at Nathan's expense. He's right. credited as Conan O'Brien in this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Wolf Blitzer does something similar, does a news report as Wolf right. Blitzer. He is not credited at all. And he's oh, listed really? on IMDb as self uncredited. So Conan O'Brien plays Conan O'Brien, but Wolf Blitzer plays self. Yeah, um, I mean, some of the stuff is probably just like contractual. Well, so the, here's the other thing. If you look at IMDb, there's like 100 different people who are in this movie uncredited, including Leah Schreiber. Tibor, Leah yeah, Schreiber is so not credited I, I, in this movie. So I read about that. That's because of like it was something to do with his Ray Donovan contract. Like he wasn't allowed to be credited in an HBO show. Oh, OK. 
It was okay. something like that. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. So I think there's, I think that often explains a lot of this stuff where it's mm. like, if you, if you were a, you know, super, uh, you know, top uh, entertainment lawyer instead of a sports lawyer, I bet you would understand this better because mm. you would, you would like know what like yeah, certain crediting things that people negotiate for and that, that the networks want that the media company wants and all these different like non-competes. And so when Liev Schreiber does this, he's doing it just because he thinks it's fun and he wants to do it. Cause I'm sure they're not guess- paying him that much. Right. So that's what I would guess is that he's probably not allowed to get paid. He's not allowed to get credited, yeah. but like you can't stop. So there's probably like some protection that stops you from mm. like working at all. Or I don't know. I, whatever. Now, I, have I, you I, seen the movie, the 10? Um, I don't think I've seen it. Oh. I know people really like it. Yeah, it was. I think I, I mean, tongue in cheek, but I think I called like my favorite comedy or my favorite movie of, of the first decade of the 2000s. But yeah, um, check it out. that has both uh, John Hamm and Leah Schreiber. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Little uh, game of IMDb bags. Yeah. That's one of my um, favorite tools on IMDb, by the way. They, they have this like guy a thing, and this, yeah, these two like people connect, where they were like connections. Yeah, you could see yeah. collaborations, and then you could also put in like two movies, and it'll tell you all the people that they had in common. Yeah, yeah, no, that is a cool function for sure. Like especially when you get to when you want to do stuff like with Curb, like it's fun to see like who overlapped with this and clear history, this and that. Like, yeah, I, I do that a lot. Speaking of people from Curb, who is your fucking asshole? My fa- my fucking asshole has got to be Nathan Flom, my man yeah. LD. Um, he's just, you know, we, we try not to give it to him. But here it's, you know, it's it's the whole movie is built around this guy um, who just like he is. He's Larry David and George Costanza and uh, Nathan Flom rolled into one. Yeah. So just like the assholeness, the bad luck, the incompetence, just the poor decision making. Um, yeah, this guy is just the fucking asshole in every way. Yeah, no, there's no way to dispute this. It has to be Nathan slash Raleigh. And again, it's weird to me that he has zero redeeming qualities and yet we're meant to believe, at least until the things that take place in this movie, that over the previous nine years, he was the most beloved good guy on the island. And I just really don't understand that. Um, Cameos in this movie. So, of course, we have Chicago. uh, We have Conan O'Brien and we have Wolf Blitzer. And then we have a bunch of famous actors playing uh, roles. I don't know yeah, if you really so I would say cameras. I would say to me this seems I think fairly clear cut. I would say Conan and and Blitzer are both um, above the Ted Dan- Ted Danson line. Yeah, and the Chicago and the Chicago guys are clearly not. Chicago as a band is, but the right. individuals but, no. Yeah, yeah. I could I even having just like looked it up in the last. Few I, days, I have, yeah, I, I can't name you a single member of Chicago. Yeah. right now. Uh, here's an interesting question. Are there any bands? Because I would say the answer to me is definitely no. And I think for almost everybody, the answer is no. Are there any bands where you can name more members of the band than you can name songs by that band? And I'd say no, because to the extent that you can name the members of the band, it means that you know the band so well that you know many of their songs. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Did you you ever watch? uh, Hold on. I I actually I can do it. Spice Girl. uh, The Spice Girls. Right. Um, Because I can't name five Spice Girl songs. Yeah, I definitely can't do Tell me what you yet. want, what you really, really want. <laughs> if you want to be my lover, is that the Ziga Ziga? I think that might be the same song. All about. Honestly, I have no idea. Let's talk about sex, baby. Is that them? No, that's not them. That that's was not before them. them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, 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 uh, pop music is one of my yeah. very large blind spots. Jerry Holloway, um, Victoria Beckham. I'm trying to think if I know any of the real names. Uh, I might only know two of the real names. So <laughs> actually, maybe uh, even this band doesn't apply. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm uh, completely useless for this exercise. Mm, okay. Um, what uh, what else what else do we usually do with this part of the podcast? Oh, we oh uh, any other ca- oh Peter Farrelly by the way the director he plays one of the uh, the guys at the poker game. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, and this uh, again, this yeah. movie was directed by uh, Greg um, Motola. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. Motola. It's like Motorola without the R's, I think. Um, who uh, he also directed Superbad. So uh, that's pretty cool. Yes, this is directed by the same guy, Superbad. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Anything else to say about uh, Clear History? Uh, do we have a postman? Uh, we do have a postman. We have a couple oh. letters in the postman. Okay. Postman! Postman! Come here! here Tell the okay. neighborhood! What right, a Shonda, Larry! Uh, uh, Larry uh, David! Not only are you a lousy Jew, but you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! A Shonda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! First up is the great Jim Grumley, who says, Clear history was okay. It felt like Larry was pulling an Adam Sandler, taking a vacation while filming a movie with some friends. If that's what it takes to get more curb, it's a good bargain. Come with guy is Frank. He helped Larry more than he deserved. And the fucking asshole is the Chechenian. He wasn't crazy bad, but... He Timor! Shout out. Yeah. Oh, do they say Chechnya? Oh, they do say Chechnya. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As I said, and- somewhere in Europe, east of Germany. Yep. And then um, finally... Uh, we go to Zach Brooks, who says, what a cast. Some very fun performances. I even like Danny McBride in this, which is a rarity. But why is this movie titled Clear History? What, what am I missing besides Nathan taking on a new identity? I think that's what it is. I think it's the idea of yeah. erasing your history. Like, but I think Zach's right. That's really not like that happens two minutes into the movie. Um, yeah, well, does, I mean, Zach, I think does Zach have a proposed title, different title? I, so I would still argue that it still works. I think the movie, even though that happens early on, the movie centrally becomes about can you ever leave behind like your past self, like um, if you're trying to start again or will. And with, like, and with modern those, technology, I think the answer is basically. And yeah. will or will those demons just like always follow yeah. you? And like, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be literally this. I think it's, you know, there's it's a thematic uh, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's actually uh, very relevant to this time of the year for Jewish people because mm. like that's, you know, whether or not the idea of whether repentance will ever actually take. Uh, when you, you know you strive to do newer like you know your past uh, bad habits always going to come trickling back um the answer is usually yes they will <laughs> for most so people, but for do me. you have any other proposed titles for this movie um proposed titles no actually i actually like the title i think that's one of the main things i like about the movie uh, okay i actually like that um and as i said i really like what they did with the end credits with it mm. like and it plays off that clear history like the literal computer uh yeah function. i will have to go watch the end credits yeah I thought it was well done. Um, so he says, what am I missing besides Nathan taking on a new identity? So yeah, I think that's it. So maybe there's not more to it of that, but I think that's enough. Um, would have made more sense if he had worked for an internet browser company or something. Uh, sure. Um, and he gives it three pretties for the movie, one pretty for the title. Mm-hmm. I guess that's four. I guess that's four. Oh, or maybe, or I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't. Not. I didn't. I didn't think it was cumulative, but so it's not. He's not adding. <laughs> nice try. So one of so one of the three. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, other thoughts. He agrees with Nathan. Don't want to turn the birthday info into a job. An insincere happy birthday is worse than an insincere apology. Uh, Nathan, one hundred percent, waves goodbye. Not go. Oh no, 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 hold on. An insincere happy birthday is worse than an insincere apology. Yeah, that's, that's a hot take. For a sec. Every happy birthday is insincere. Nobody gives a sh- it's just happy birthday. It's a thing you say. Acknowledge. It's right, an acknowledgement. It's your birthday. It's like good morning. I don't yeah. give a fuck. If and insincere apologies is a real prick thing to do. I'm indifferent to how your morning goes. Yes. Uh, I mean, I don't want people to have unhappy birthdays. I guess I want their birthday to be happy. But like, all right, that's it. Right. Zach Brooks yeah. is banned from the post. Okay. <laughs> fine. You're, fine. You're back. You're back. I think I think he's in a better mood because yeah. I, I I think based on a message you just sent, the Michigan State just did something good. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that'll that'll last. Yeah. Spe- speaking of uh, bad, bad uh, old habits. Hmm. Um, 
So he says Nathan 100% waves goodbye, not go. Yes, he definitely did. But there's no way that the other guy would think he's doing anything other than waving go. Yeah. Meaning like, yes, it, it was innocent. But yeah. there's, there's, there's no reason to be waving goodbye to this Chechen. Right. Um, come with guy is Michael Keaton doing his best. Yeah. Quint from Jaws impression. Uh, fucking asshole is the old lady who doesn't like pickles. Um, Zach also Ooh, gives Tibby? us. Um, yeah, Tibby. Oh, wow. I guess he really likes pickles. Yeah. Um, Zach also throws in as a bonus. Zach, of course, is uh, one of the hosts of the Movie Ladder podcast together with uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick, who uh, that's a podcast that I used to be on and mm. uh, had to uh, leave to, to having too many podcasts. <laughs> um, uh, but it's a great podcast and everyone should check it out. And um, so we're doing So we're talking about socializing at the top of this, like. I meet so many people and then somehow, and I never bring it up, but somehow it gets brought up that I have a podcast by like somebody there who already knows that. And then the new person says, Oh, you have a podcast? And I was like, she was just say, Well, I actually have multiple podcasts. Right. Oh, I meant to I meant, I meant to write this in that uh in that side chat that we have. Um, but um I found out that um former podcast guest, um, Rabbi David Bashevkin, who was on our uh Jewish themes on curb podcast. His brother is my daughter's third grade teacher this year. Oh yes, um, you you did mention and, that in the chat. Yeah, I mentioned that in the chat. So yeah. but I did. I don't think I. I don't think I said the follow up, which I told that I spoke to my daughter about it, and she's been like every day. She like can't wait for vacation to be over. Like she's like dying to go back to school because she wants to tell her teacher that his brother was on my daddy's <laughs> podcast. And I like I keep telling her I'm like he's not going to care. Yeah, <laughs> that's cute though. Like, this isn't important to him. Like, enjoy your vacation. <laughs> like, then it's just going to be school and like this yeah. thing that you. What think a terrible so reason is, to yeah, want vacation yeah, to be over. This is not going to. That's not going to work out. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he might you know he'll say, oh, that's so cute, but like he's not going to yeah. really care. Yes. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's funny. Um, so yeah, so Zach uh, shares his three uh, movie ladder suggestions of what he would recommend, which is uh, the idea with the movie ladder is uh, you 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 uh, watch a movie one week, the next week. week so this is what this it. podcast, but pretty 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 good, should do next week. Um, I guess I guess maybe he's suggesting that. Okay. Um, so his suggestions are Superbad, uh, Manchurian Candidate, and Multiplicity. Superbad for the director Greg Modula, mm-hmm. Bill Hader, and Danny McBride. Should Manchurian we should Candidate. we just switch this this week? <laughs> and, and we're now a competing movie ladder podcast. We'll see how it goes. If we get more people than them, yeah. Know. Although maybe they can they can put the switcheroo on us and find a, a connection to Kirby enthusiasm in the next movie so that think, they watch. So you think this is a trap? There, Zach put this into Postman. Yes, to try to, to, try to bait us into a competition, I, into a podcast swap. And, yeah, and then and Brilliant. then and but then we would just do a take, and they would do a takeover of Kirby. Yeah, we yeah we, uh, we, we caught we them. In the we're too, we're too, I'll, I'll be too honest, smart for I, your schemes. I didn't see it at all, but Alex saw it right away, <laughs> and he's absolutely right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So so he's um, rebanned so yeah, from so, he's rebanned for the Postman. He's banned for the Postman. Unbanned. Okay, uh, so yeah, Superman. Uh, the connection for Manchurian Candidate is uh, leave Schreiber as a psycho, and multiplicity. Multiplicity has Michael Michael Keaton, Keaton. Uh, yeah. doing a wacky performance. Uh, okay, um, I thought so, the Manchurian yeah. Candidate was also somebody who's not who they appear to be, and you know they're secretly someone else. Yeah, but, so uh, he, I, I he don't just know meant what that Leo Schreiber was in the remake. I don't know what multiplicity is, so I don't really have interest in seeing it. Manchurian Candidate doesn't Michael Keaton um, like clone himself like seven times? Maybe. Manchurian candidate. I, I think saw... I'm, I'm saying that based on my memory of the poster. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't remember at all. Um, Manchurian candidate. I saw this version. I would watch the original, the original? version. 
Yeah. That I'm interested in seeing. I'm not interested in seeing the 2000 whatever version again. Yeah. Um, and then Superbad. Yeah, I guess the, I co- the cover Super of this movie is, is like one, two, three, four, like eight or nine Metal Kings in a row hugging Andy McDowell. Yeah. Um, and it says okay. funny, 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 funny. That's four funnies and one non-funny for um, Neil Rogers of New York One. I don't know who that is. Yeah, the so, cover. so what I would say is from this list, um, I would obviously be down to watch Superbad because like whatever. Yeah. Um, so I watch Superbad. we can. So what we were going to do next week is we were going to do an episode on Fish in the Dark, uh, which is the, the Broadway play that Larry uh, wrote and starred in. Um, the, uh, the, the main issue with doing an episode of Fish in the Dark is that there's nowhere to watch Fish in the Dark today. Um, and Alex saw it. I kind of saw it. I, I know I've, I definitely shared my Fish in the Dark story on this podcast a couple of times, but the, the TLDR is that there was a rule there that if you came even like 10 seconds late, you weren't allowed to go into intermission. So I watched the first half, um, on like this, in this vestibule right outside and was very pissed off. And then the second half, I didn't enjoy either because I was still being, um, you know, a giant curmudgeon because like everything was ruined. Um, so I didn't really have the best, uh, Fish in the Dark experience. Um, so I would love to have it at another opportunity. We did locate however an audio version uh which i have not listened to i think alex tried he said the audio quality is not great. well the first scene the audio quality was great the second scene the audio quality was not great and um then i didn't really continue after that yeah so i would think that it's possible that if um I looked quickly and I didn't see anything, but maybe if there was like a transcript, it might be easier to follow along with the audio. And I have no, yeah. idea, I, I, I have no idea if anyone out there is actually interested in doing this, but to the extent you do, um, I will, uh, we'll post a link to the audio version of the play in the show notes. So at the very yeah. least, maybe you want to just like take a listen that you can just get like a, a flavor for what, what the play was like, even that might, uh, might be worth your while. Um, and, you know, we're going to do our best to try to listen to it or make something of it. And we'll do an episode co- covering it in some capacity next week and um i guess maybe we can mix in talking about super bad too if we both end up watching it sure um, i'm not against watching super bad and like you know yeah talking about super bad too yeah and then i think the next week after that we have a special guest for a special episode and then yeah. the next week after that it'll be uh curb um so the next week after that we're not sure we like what, what we've what i've been told by someone who claims to know is that it's premiering on the 24th. So that would still yeah. give us one week. In but the that's middle. a week after Succession is premiering. And so, yeah, right. You would think they would want to link those up, um, but whatever. I guess they have they know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, or they don't. And they're just doing their own thing. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, they know more than me. Um, so, yeah. So we might still have one week there in the middle where maybe I figured we can just get on for however many minutes and talk up just to kind of do like a preview of like. What do we know about season 11? What do we think is going to happen? Just, you know, obviously all will be bullshit, but mm. uh, we could do some uh, speculation predictions, maybe mm. uh, figure out some uh, running games or shtick for the uh, new season. I'll tell you this. I'm very excited for new curb. Like it's, oh, um, you know, to be like, have like, so like uh, buried ourselves in this for so long to like be, to going to be able to see like something new and fresh where like I have don't literally don't know where it's going to go. Cause that's, that's part of curb is that like, it keeps you so off kilter about like what direction it's going to go with like the random things it throws into, into the air. Yeah. Um, to like, to, to like not know which things are going to be the ones that matter yet is, uh, is exciting. Yeah. I wish there was a way to watch curb in like a group setting. Well, there is. You can come to my house. No, oh, but I mean, like, episode where we do that. Well, so, but so, like, I watched the the season premiere of last season, as I think I mentioned on this podcast, um, like live at a screening, and just watching it with hundreds of people in the room, like in a movie theater type setting, 
Right. And and completely crowded, of course. And this is January, I think, uh, right before COVID or whatever it was. Um, it was just such a it, it's such a different experience, like especially for a comedy. I think comedies are more than any other type of uh, of, of cinema is best in a, in a crowded theater, because like the same reason that stand up comedy is much better, uh, you know, when you go to a comedy club than when you're watching at home, because when everyone around you is laughing, it can't help but change your mood. And so. Yeah, um, but I would say that's something that we could totally do if we no, want we can to get do. together for an episode. Yeah, I don't know. If or even we could get uh, we can do some sort of uh, larger group if uh, if there was interest. I mean, it's, um, you know, something it's like I think most people are in the point where they would get together, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot. Yeah, I don't know how many uh, curb, uh, curb fan friends we have who are would be available on a Sunday evening in the New York area, but it's possible. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. I guess if you're a listener of this podcast, then you'd be interested in uh, some sort of a, even if it's a virtual like group watch of something that could be fun as kind of just like a, a podcast event. Yeah. Although I don't know how that works for a streaming show. Cause then there's the streaming of the, of like the, yeah. of the group watch. Um, and then there's like delayed lot, you know, that, that might be hiccups, but yeah. All true. But, it, but, but if you live in the New York area and you have some kind of interest, let us know. Yeah. Maybe we can do something. Um, okay. or certainly later in the season. Like we'll see, we'll see how things are in a little right. while. Anyways, um, so, yeah. uh, so next week we will uh, be discussing uh, A Fish in the Dark, which uh, was a play on Broadway, which uh, we both saw part of. And, and maybe super bad. Maybe super bad, uh, which which more than Fish in the Dark, not the Fish in the Dark is terrible, but uh, we would certainly agree that super bad is. Pretty, pretty, pretty. Get a life, Jews.